So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast series. And in today's episode, I have another lovely opportunity to interview a guest on the show and this is a really nice one for me because um, Caroline, who will introduce herself in a moment, uh, I've known for about five years and actually she, w- we met in an event. She then came on a couple of courses I ran on Quality of Mind. Then we actually partnered and delivered some uh, Quality of Mind to organizations and she's been going great guns to such an extent that she's just written her first book. Um, which I'm going to obviously put the information in the show notes, which is called More Than You Think, Seeing the Magic That Lies Behind Our Personal Thinking. And it's a really wonderful book, which a lot of people get a lot out of. So there's, there's so much uh, great stuff that Caroline and I could talk about. But first of all, I'm just very grateful that she's here. So Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you, Piers. It's lovely to be here. So, Caroline, can you give listeners just uh, one or two minutes about your background um, and, you know, sort of how come you're now into this stuff, what, what you were up to before? Uh, yes, I started, I did a, a degree in psychology and then a diploma in personnel management. I always wanted to go into personnel management and I have spent, I suppose, 35 plus years doing that. The first 15 were in the corporate world. I worked for Ginsters and Sandworth Brothers. I was there, well, I was their first personnel officer and then became personnel and development director, uh, particularly with a focus on organization development. Then I was made redundant from there and set up as an independent uh, consultant. I also worked for the University of Plymouth as a lecturer. And uh, yeah, I had a really enjoyable career as uh, in HR. And then I started to hear particularly Liz Scott talking about quality of mind inside out. And uh, everything began to, to change from that point. And, uh, and I haven't looked back. My career has changed significantly. Yeah, it, it's brilliant, isn't it? And it's, I find a lot of people who have worked in, you know, HR or people or whatever, when they come across this understanding and, and they have the realizations, it, it changes them to such an extent in all aspects of life or work. They, they just want to now offer it back. You know, yeah. and, and, and you're a great example of that. 30 years of, of being in the business and, and now all, all you're doing is talking about this and, and, and running programs and, and, and writing books. And um, it's, it's wonderful to see. And I've and I really enjoyed working with you over, over the few uh, years, both as in any capacity, Caroline. So um, now, 
Today, given we are in uh, June 2020, uh, for those listening in a few years' time, um, <laughs> the, the world's sort of emerging from a pandemic. Um, and what we wanted to talk about was the, the role of the leader or some things a leader might be wanting to consider as um, the world opens back up again and what this pandemic has given us an opportunity to see that we may not have seen before. So, Caroline, did you just say a little bit, we were talking before we pressed record on what you've been noticing. So just say a little bit about that and then we'll expand the conversation. So what are you seeing about this? Um, it's become more and more clear to me that, uh, that, that this is a significant period of disruption. Um, I was amazed at how quickly people adapted to working from home. I, I, the way I see it is that, you know, um, managers, leaders, businesses were on a railway track going in one direction um, and they had thoughts about their people uh, around, you know, well, we couldn't probably trust them to work from home. Um, we need to have processes in place to, to, uh, to measure them. And then suddenly this hit and suddenly everyone's working from home and, and people have adapted and been creative in the way that they, um, that they're doing that. And, and, and I think it would be such a shame if we went through this period or as we begin to come out of lockdown that managers were focused on getting back to how it was before. I think this gives us a tremendous opportunity to to stop and reflect about what is it that leaders can really bring to uh, to, to the party. I, I think that's right, isn't it? And because it would be easy for people to go, well, we adapted because we had to. You know, that, that phrase, necessity breeds innovation. And because the situation didn't allow us to do uh, coming to the office or whatever. Therefore, if the situation does allow us, we should go back to where we were. Now, and then whatever the situation is, we sort of do in, in alliance of that. Now, I think what you and I would point leaders to see is, hmm, how come we were able to do that in the speed and the ease and, and the creative ways that we did? And it wasn't just to do with the situation. Right, so in a way, we could have done this before, but we didn't. So, what was it that happened at the level of the mind that allowed this to happen? Um, which probably the history books going forward will attribute to the situation. Right, and that would be to miss a huge opportunity. A a abs absolutely, and I think you know what what we were saying earlier, wasn't it that? It's very interesting where organizations focus. So there's some organizations that are focusing at the level of, well, you know, if you look at Maslow's triangle, safety, you know, so all their communication and engagement is like, well, keep you safe at a physical level, safe. Um, and then there's a level a little bit up from that where they're going, well, there is, you know, we need to look after our people, not just at a physical level. Um, they might be feeling a bit, you know, uh, pressured at the moment, or they might be feeling a bit lonely, or they might be feeling so. So, so here's some things you can do. 
right? And now we want to go to the level uh, above that in a moment. But j- just you had some nice examples earlier, Caroline, of things that you've heard uh, organizations have been doing on those first two, well, particularly that second level. So before we get into the, the mind bit, well, what, what have you been seeing organizations have been up to? Yes, I think, uh, absolutely, I think you're right, that they, they started with the focus being on, on, on safety, um, but now I'm hearing of um, clients who are saying that uh, they're having emails that are saying, uh, so one council that uh, have emailed all of their employees and said, we don't expect you to stay at your desk for seven hours of, in the day. We would like you to get out, go for a walk, hug your kids. I mean, some real, really lovely sort of um, uh, sentiments to, to support their, their, their people. And um, uh, the organization that my daughter's working for She's now had an email saying, we recognize that you're working from home. What office equipment do you need to, to buy? You know, we're going to invest in you as individuals in your own working space to, to help you. Yes. So we would say, well done organizations for doing that. But, or should we say and, um, <laughs> There's, an, there's another area that we can be looking at, which, which is to really see what is possible um, that, that we're capable of and to harness some of that uh, agility, adaptive behavior, resilience, creativity, even compassion that this situation has uh, promoted or, or we've seen emerge and to understand that. Um, and not lose it. So, actually, maybe now, now's the time, Caroline. You, you had a lovely little quote from a book you've just been reading, which I'm, I'm going to have to put on my list of books to read, because there was, a, there was a sentence or two in there, the first part of that sentence, that I'd love to explore with listeners just for 10, 15 minutes. So, can, can, can you read that out, and then we'll try and um, decode it for people, what they mean? Yeah, it's from a book called Spiritual Capital, Wealth We Can Live By, uh, by Dana Zohar and Ian Marshall. And it is, at the heart of capitalism and business as usual lies a very narrow definition of what it means to be human and to be engaged in human enterprise. Human beings are measured by thirst for profit and by capacity to consume. Right. Now, if we take that bit, a very na- narrow definition of what it is to be human, right? And go, well, what does that mean? And, and you've just written a book titled More Than, Your Think, uh, More Than, More Than You Think, Seeing the Magic That Lies Beyond Personal Thinking. Now, they're both pointing to something, right? Aren't they? <laughs> they're pointing to the fact that we aren't just what we think we are. And Absolutely. that we are always a limitation of potential, really, in, in a lovely way. Um, and what we've seen over COVID is a little bit of that fall away. Yeah. Now, what are we pointing to, and you and your book and, and, and in my work and everything, that, what, what are we pointing to when we're saying we're, we're more than we think or we currently live in a quite a narrow view of what it is to be human. G- g- give me your take on that. 
Uh, well, I just love your phrase, limitation of potential. And, and it's, uh, I think the, um, the juice is to understand what, what, what limits us on the one hand and, uh, and the infinite and to see the infinite potential that we are on the other hand. And uh, the way that I see it is that, um, as I say, prior to, to, to COVID, we had, uh, we had the blinkers on. We, we were looking at it from a very narrow or people's potential from, from a, an, a very narrow focus. Uh, and we weren't paying attention to the, the limitations. And absolutely, I think what we saw when people had to work from home suddenly uh, and they, they had the opportunity to, um, to adapt, a lot of those limitations, a lot of the, the thinking that, that, that limits us, the, if you like, the, the, the tensions that are created when we're working in a particular way, um, a lot of those just fell away and, and people had the blinkers taken off them. Um, and that, the, the, the quietening of, uh, of, of the mind, um, then enabled that creativity, that potential to come through. I mean, my, my, the, the, the bulk of my work in corporate um, life, if I'm honest, was about tensions, mm. smoothing over tensions at, at work between people. Mm. Mm. Um, he said this, she did that. Judgments, expectations, unfulfilled, all, all of that sort of, uh, that, that sort of stuff that just gets in the way of, um, of who we are, and that uh, and limits our potential. Yes, I, I think absolutely. And I think what what I would really urge listeners just to consider or reflect on for a moment is that those tensions, those limitations, in whatever form they may pop up, that they are in, in the way I describe it. And there's other podcasts I say the same thing. If people are interested to know what I mean by this, are, are real but not true. Yeah. So. It will look like a real thing that person X thinks person, you know, thinks person Y is this and blah, 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 right? It will look real. It, 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 they're not pretending, they're not making it up, um, but it's not true. And, and the reason it's not true is because nothing is true at an objective sense, right? The, 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 you know, we are a creation of, of consciousness in the moment. There, there is no truth to what is out there apart from a deeper reality no one has any idea about. You know, scientists would admit that now. So, so we're living in this sort of uh, perceptual reality, this virtual reality that looks and comes across as real. And it isn't till it falls away that we go, oh no, maybe it wasn't, right? But our conceptual mind seems to want to make or have a justified story as to why it can drop that thinking. So when COVID comes along, well, it's okay for me to start trusting my employees because it's COVID and it's, it's, it's a really big situation or it's okay for me, you know, so the mind will then attribute reasons as to why it can calm down and, and reduce. Now, what we're pointing to is you don't need any of those 
so-called external things to happen, whether it's a COVID or, you know, a colleague to see something different, for, that, for the mind to do that. The, the, the mind has an innate capacity for that to happen regardless as what, you know, we would call a realization, right? So realizations can happen anytime. However, um, and, and Caroline, I'm sure you'll, you'll know this, but with 20, 30 years in the corporate arena, they don't always happen when you want them <laughs> to the extent you want them. Uh, and the reason they don't is because we don't understand the capacity. We don't respect it and we do things that get in the way of it. Um, yeah, we do even more thinking and we analyze our thinking and that just adds yeah, adds and adds layers. And, and our stories that we then create from that analysis, they don't look like they're adding extra thinking. They look genuine and real. Well, yes, because they have such a feeling attached to them, don't they? And, and, and it's, it's drama. Why on earth are EastEnders and Coronation Street the <laughs> most watched television programs in the United Kingdom. Yeah. So, so the mind l- loves all that. And, you know, we're not vilifying that. We're just saying, no. know what it's made of, right? Because th- this, this real but not true illusion is very powerful. And it's beautiful because it allows us to have a full, rich experience of the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of the condition. But it becomes so much more... Uh, enjoyable and, and, and rich if you understand what it's made of. And, yeah. and we don't. Uh, and we distract ourselves with other things. I mean, you, you were saying you know, an interesting thing earlier about how you know, businesses are very focused on the do, the achieve. You know? So like, well, you know, here's 10 things that we can, we can do employee engagement around. You know, let's send these emails out. And they're tangible things that you could report and go, we've done that now. We've done this. We've done a, we've done a Zoom meeting for a quiz, you know. And what you and I are talking about initially appears less tangible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's back to the quote from, from the book, Spiritual Capital, in, in that that's, that's a very narrow yeah. way of looking at humans. And that's to deny that potential. So just to recap for people, the, the couple of things that we're saying get in the way of this capacity for realisation um, is sort of analysing and overthinking, you know, wh- where we, we start, we, we get very bogged down in finding our evidence and weighing it up intellectually. Um, our focus on do, so m- m- most businesses would, would merit, you know, or, or give, uh, you know, well done, we, we've done 10 things and there's nothing wrong with those two things. They're just taken without knowing there's another piece. Well, I just let me give you an example. The other yeah, day, because um, I'm thinking about marketing the book, and I, I'm I'm new to marketing. It's not a it's not a natural uh, <laughs> skill that 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 I have. Um, but I made a list and uh, a list of about seventeen things, and I thought, okay, I know that now I need to prioritise that list. Uh, not surprisingly, most of them came out as high priority. Um, and then I realized that the problem was the list. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I knew that I could either sit there and um, worry some more or analyze some more about the list, or I could just stop it 
and, uh, and, and, and relax. Let my mind settle. And then just, it, it, you know, it became obvious. It, it didn't seem as though it was me then that was choosing. It, right. it, the, uh, the, the right thing to do, if I call it the right, the next thing to do or the most appropriate thing to do just, just arrived. And, and that for me is, is just such a, such a difference. So it's so joyful to, to, to go with that and to say, oh, I'm pushing, that one's an open door. I just, I can just walk through that rather than grind away at the list. It's a great example that actually, because as you were saying that, you know, because what you were experiencing was obviousness and flow. Right now, yeah. imagine you being the marketing director in a big organization and you had to present to the board as to which of these things you're going to go for. You know, how many organizations would allow someone to go come up to the board and say, Well, it just feels right to do this one? Yeah, they would go, Well, hang on a minute, could you do as a business case, come up with some evidence? Um, yeah. You know, th- think about it some more because we don't want people walking, although, although we trust you because you're a director, we don't want people walking around thinking they can just come up with decisions because they feel right and obvious. Right. <laughs> so now, now in COVID, we, we allowed people to do that a little bit more, right? Because yes. we haven't had the time. Um, although now we, we let the government do that for a bit. And now we're having a go at the government going, well, you should have known beforehand. You know, what, what, do you, what do you mean on the fly? You can't do things on the fly, right? So we're now asking them to retrospectively judge, justify and judge things. So it's, it, 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 it flies in counter to our culture that everything needs to be evidence-based, uh, robust, conceptually worked through. Um, because what you're describing was, well, it just occurred to you to do that one. You could then afterwards probably come up with a story as why. But really, it, it just felt right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, I can get on and do another one rather than sit and create the story to... <laughs> Yeah. To justify it. Yeah. So, so, so we tend to over-respect information and under-respect insight. Oh, and completely. I think COVID's given us a little clue. Oh, maybe if we just ease back on some of the, you know, just let people go with it a little bit more, they'll, they can come up with some good stuff. Absolutely. So if you were giving, which I know you are anyway in your, in your job, but it, you know, what would you tell a leader listening now or a manager listening now if they want to kind of take something from these past few months? What would you be pointing them to see? Uh, I would um, encourage them to listen deeply to, uh, to individuals, to as many uh, individuals in their teams as they can. I mean, one thing that's absolutely clear is that everyone will have experienced this lockdown completely differently. Um, And um, so I think this is an opportunity for leaders to step back and listen really deeply. And, and, And to... Yeah, to capture those great stories where people have really demonstrated uh, realizations and, and creativity, uh, their wisdom, if you like, where that's come out. Mm. Share those stories and, and just share the, yeah, the, the, if you like, the normality of that, that we do, we have the capacity 
we have the potential. Um, where are they? Where are they seeing that? And and start to get the conversation around uh, away from goals and objectives and outcomes, and and into into creativity and potential and insight. I I, th- I think that's 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 a very good point, and I think way I'd probably say the same thing is that we want to move the conversation what I would describe as more upstream right so 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 you'll listen to someone and they'll talk about um a great example they had of oh yeah well in COVID I came up with this idea so you you were saying someone was using their ironing board just as a desk because they didn't have anything or there's like that creativity coming through or you know people have done things you know nice little things and and seen business opportunities right brilliant so we, we listen to those stories and I, I would call that sort of downstream, that's content. Now, what we want to point people to see is, what do you think has to happen for that to happen, right? Clue, it's not because of the situation. Because, because the default we, we've been conditioned is, well, because it's COVID, I had to think differently. You know, I had no other option or something. Now, what we want, we want to take the conversation to the level where it goes, well, can you see that, what, what, do, what, we, what do we have to see about the mind and its capacity and its potential to know that we can do those things and just shift the conversation that way because that, that is a conversation that's going to be useful for the rest of our time on this planet and beyond rather than, oh, next time we have a crisis, we know that we can be resilient and creative, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be to miss, miss the opportunity. To, to miss the opportunity to have this, what is sometimes, you know, what we describe to clients as an unconventional conversation about what's behind thinking or before thinking um, or beyond thinking, our personal thinking, which is our ideas, our, you know, opinions. How does it work back there? You know, what is there? And, what, and you might have noticed you've tapped into it more in the last few months than you, you have in the six months before. That's the bit, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. So, I was just going to say, uh, the, the other bit to see is there's so much untapped potential uh, in the workforce. And, and we know that through that, that statistic on engagement, that two thirds of um, employees in the UK report that they are not actively engaged. Yes. So imagine they were. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. And, and of course, what we're probably finding, and I think you mentioned it, is that with so many people furloughed and, and, and not working in the business, some businesses are still managing to, to be productive and, and, and profitable with a, a significantly smaller workforce. Yeah. So seeing, seeing the potential, seeing that as, as an opportunity and then saying, well, we haven't yet found a way to to unlock that what are, what are we what have we been missing and what we're pointing out and, and talking about is that uh, that that unlocking that potential of uh, of, of the mind yes it's it's how come if we were always this creative and quick at doing things right you know yeah. not just in crisis time how could we have more of that that'd be one question i'd be asking a leader and I think the other one I might be asking, I don't know what you think about this, is some people uh, I've noticed 
to, to they have adapted, uh, but they've been feeling it a little bit, right? So, so they've probably been pushing through. And w- w- one way we, we, we can be resourceful as humans is to kind of try hard and, and, and be positive and put on a brave face and, and, and row our way through things. And the other way is, is to know that that's innately in us and it sails, right? Now, you and I were saying how a lot of our clients are realizing how wonderful this understanding of quality of mind is and how they've been sailing through. And there's other people who on the outside might look like they've done, you know, that they're being positive and optimistic, but, it, but it's taking their toil. Maybe they're not sleeping quite as well. Maybe they're not, um, you know, that there's other, it's at a cost. And I think as a leader, it's useful to see, oh, you know, we don't have to do it in that push through way. There is another way. Have you noticed anything around that? Um, no. <laughs> well, that's separate realities for us, guys, right? That's okay. But, but I, suppose what I, so, so I suppose what I'm saying is there's people who are using positivity as a kind of, it'll be okay because. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm spending all of my time at the moment around people that understand it. So ah. I'm, I'm seeing the flow. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing people sailing and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been beautiful to, to, to observe. Yes. So, yeah. No, why, that, that was yeah. the why I said the no is that, um, that I haven't, I haven't personally experienced people struggling yeah so when you let's so i'm gonna i'm gonna push you on this a little bit further because i i I think i so so let me ask the question differently so when you listen to the radio watch the news and you see people who are phoning in with anxiety and you know all this kind of stuff what do you think they're up to in the mind i think they're caught up i think they're entertaining um and yes, okay, so I, I, I stopped and chatted to a guy the other day. We were walking um, the dogs and uh, he was full of fear. Mm. He was scared about the idea of going out. Um, you know, he, he stood more than two metres yes. away and, and, and I was just left with this overwhelming sense of, oh, I would love for him to... To, to see what I see, to, to not have that level of fear. Mm. He was gripped in it. So, so it, it, you know, if, if you're a leader or a manager and, you know, maybe some of your team are seeing this flow and obviousness, right? And some are like really stuck in their fear. It, it's interesting because you might think, well, what do I do as a leader? But I suppose, you know, what would occur to me is, well, firstly, you have to see that everyone has the capacity to do both right? Yeah. So now, w- w- you know, innately, I would say we're more orientated towards restoring to balance and, 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 and resourcefulness and well-being. That, that that's, that's where if you allow the system to go, it will go. And when thinking drops and the mind quietens and we see beyond our personal thinking, that's the direction we go in. So, so the people in a team who are not seeing that yet, they still have the capacity to see that. But their stories are looking very real and true for them, right? That's yeah. what it looks like. Now, they have the capacity for this thing we call a realization to see it differently. Um, but 
that that is something that we know they have in their gift, but they're not seeing at the moment. Yeah. And I think what we're pointing to is you don't need to do things to that. Actually, the more you do or analyze or dive into that or buy, buy into that, it doesn't mean you don't respect it, but the more you buy into that, the more you're actually going to justify their story. Yeah. So there's a way of being uh, around that that helps them. You're respecting where they're at, so you're not going, oh, get over yourself, right? Um, <laughs> so you're respecting their, their, whatever it is they're in, but also knowing that they have the capacity to see it differently. Yeah. And not adding to their story. Yeah. They're not seeing it yet. They're not seeing it yet. That wonderful word yet. Yeah. And a lot of the media in terms of trying to control us through behavior compliance has put the fear up us. Yeah. You know, and we need to see that that can't actually happen. Something else can't cause our fear, right? It it, it doesn't work like that. You know, so... Whereas the government's done a good job on that. <laughs> That's why people to, to do a four meter social distance rather than whatever. The fear and anxiety they've used for behavior modification. Now they can now, we, we can now park all that, right? We don't need to buy into that um, and let the system re- reset and see its own obviousness and flow. Um, so, and, you know, th- that's where I suppose the understanding that we talk about behind quality of mind or whatever we call it comes in. Yeah. And I've got a lovely example and, and I, I love working with young people. I do some, I share this in, in schools. Um, but I was uh, on a call with some, some, some people who, um, they, they understand that they're, they're mm. deepening their understanding. Um, and, uh, and one shared her daughters, um, how they've, developed uh if you like their uh their reaction to to this and and where they are now is to turn off their mobiles to to stop with with hearing the the news they they recognize that uh that, that they don't need to to have that constant story and uh, and they're just developing closer friendships with a few people Mm. Uh, and they're valuing those uh, those friendships, mm. and uh, and they're just quietening quietening down and reflecting and noticing that actually, when I do that, I feel better. Mm. The feeling is uh, the feeling is different, and that gives you a clue which way to head, doesn't it? And <laughs> and, and I think you know a, a lot of people are listening to all this coverage, sort of thinking especially at the beginning, do I need to be afraid, right? You know, so that, that's why we, we were glued to our phones and the new coverage, you know. Okay, admittedly, some people might be in a high quality of mind curiosity about it, but a lot of people is, you know, how afraid should I be? Do I need to be afraid? Now, what I would say, and I'm sure you'd echo this, is there's never a need to be afraid because of obviousness, if you're paying attention a little bit to what the world's going on, you can still act sensibly with, you know, um, following guidelines or whatever, without needing the fear to drive you, right? Because, it, you know, at the moment, it looks like in a high aperture co- common sense, yes, I would probably not, you know, stand next to you really closely and I you know, wouldn't go on a bus without a, a mask, but I don't need fear to drive me to do that. That's and a completely different feeling, isn't it? It's a very different feeling. And if we tune into that, we, we, we get a clue. So it's, it's, we don't need the fear, right, to drive behavior. 
that comes from just like, well, does it look sensible for me to do this thing or not? Yes, no, it doesn't need the fear. And the fear is just a clue that we're getting caught up. Yeah. It's a barometer. So, yeah, so I think, so just coming towards the end, end of the podcast now, Caroline, so if there was one thing you wanted to put out to the leadership community or HR community about how to uh, uh, take advantage of what we've seen in this rupture and this discombobulation in the last few months, what, what, would, what would your sort of passing uh, request be? I would, it would be about the leader themselves stopping, reflecting, quietening down and, and, and listening to their, what is coming through for themselves in this, uh, if you like, context of opportunity, of potential, of, of growth, of wisdom. And I just know that when they do that, they'll get that they'll get something fresh. Mm. And what and, and and their wisdom or intuition will be contextually relevant for them, right? Whatever yes, yes, it is. we can't. Yeah, we can't sit here and say yeah. what that might be. And and yeah. and that's what I that's what I love about this is that that uh, that gives us the freedom. Certainly, gives me the freedom not to attach any outcome. Yeah. To, to, to anyone doing a particular thing, having listened to this or having read my book or it'll be contextual. It'll be when it's, when it's yes. ready to be. Yeah. So, so we're, we're not leaving people with three top tips. We're leaving people with one suggestion is that they look into the capacity of the system. Right, and what wisdom will come through for them, which is available for any any single human being at any moment, right? And that will come through with something if they go beyond or, or behind their, their their thinking that they've got at the moment. They'll see something fresh, and that capacity is our only thing we're pointing you to do. What that looks like for you, who knows? Um, yes. So, Caroline, thank you so much for joining me on this. Um, I'll put up another plug in for people to read your book um, because I, I think it's, it's wonderful. And I had a, a moment, a little tiny moment of pride when I saw myself mentioned in this there. I was like, ooh. Then I let my ego go and go, what? Isn't she done brilliantly? And it is a great book. So really recommend it to people. Um, so I'll put some information in it in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for your time and coming and chatting. We could have chatted for ages, but thank you for yeah. giving up some time for now. It's lovely. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Until next time, have fun being curious. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.